You're listening to Page Up with Dr. Angela Loria, Episode 5, The Biggest Mistake in First-Time Authors Make. Welcome to Page Up, a podcast for authors in transformation, featuring advice on the basic fundamentals of selecting a book topic and overcoming writer's block, to advanced techniques for publishing and marketing nonfiction books. Now, get ready to press Page Up on your book with your host, best-selling author and publisher, Dr. Angela Hey everyone, welcome back to Page Up. I am so excited about today's topic because, mostly because I want to send a lot of people to listen to this podcast because I have this conversation probably five times a day. I just had it last night, in fact. You know, I'm not exactly sure why or how this became the biggest mistake that first-time authors make. But it is the thing that I see most often, and not only do I see it all the time, really most authors are completely oblivious to this mistake. So I want you to see if you can hear yourself in this mistake, see maybe how you might be falling down this same trap, and start to really understand why this causes the problems it does. So So let's talk about what happens. So most people, I like to picture them out for a jog or in the shower or maybe on a long drive and they get an idea for a book. And the fact of the matter is most people uh, don't do anything with that idea. But the most ambitious and organized among them sit down and start writing their book. And very often this book doesn't get finished, or if it gets finished, it doesn't do the things that the author hoped it would do. So why is that? Well, usually when we as humans have ideas for a book, it is what we want to say. So for instance, I, uh, you know, I found a a way to meditate that really works for me. Or I discovered that self-care solved problems for me unexpectedly. And so I write about all these ideas. This happens a lot with memoir too. I, uh, I had the most amazing experience and people have asked me to tell the story. So I'm just going to write it down. So people start their book by writing, and that is, in fact, the the biggest mistake that first-time authors make, is that they start with this idea, and they start by writing the idea down. And very often, this is the book that you want to write, because it's going to make you feel good to get this information out there, but it is not the book that anyone is looking for to read. And... So I'll just talk a little bit using an example, um, using an example from my business. So one of the things that I know is the most powerful thing that an author can do is they can write their book as a love letter to one person. And I might have an idea for a book that's called Write Your Book as a Love Letter to One Person. Um And I would be very focused on the techniques that I want to share about why this is the best way to write a book. But the thing is, no one is actually looking for that information. 
I can give that exact same information by writing a book that's called How to Guarantee Your Book Will Sell and Change Lives. And that book people would actually buy, even though it's got the same exact information on the inside about writing your book as a love letter. But the way you structure and organize the information you want to share needs to be focused on what the reader wants to receive and the problem or questions the reader is coming to the table with. So when you start your book by writing, you are almost always automatically writing off or almost saying screw you to your reader. You're isolating your reader because that's not the question they have. So let's say we'll go back to the self-care example. Let's say you have a book that's like 101 self-care techniques. Well, who exactly is looking for this? Because the only person who would Google the concept of self-care already is doing some amount of self-care, right? So the person you really want to reach is a person who needs a book, let's say, on uh, how to to organize your day so you get more done or how to deal with a terrible breakup. Now, the answer to how to organize your day so you get more done and how to deal with a terrible breakup or... Uh, how to negotiate better deals uh, for your salary. The answer to all of those things is, of course, self-care. So you can give the 101 self-care techniques. But if you are not giving them to your reader in a context, they'll find them. Those techniques, unfortunately, not only won't um, won't get employed or deployed into a person's life, but they won't even get found. And that's the thing that breaks my heart. I have read some amazing books with some amazing ideas and concepts and really unique angles. And they are never being found by readers because the author made this terrible mistake of starting by writing, starting by saying what you want to say instead of what the reader needs to hear and is open to hearing. That's not saying tell them what they want to hear. It's just saying tell them information in a context that they will be open to hearing it. Now, the other thing that happens when you start by writing, and this happens a lot, is that you can't finish and you're not sure why. And so I'll tell you what this looks like. You get, you're on your, you're on your jog, you're in the shower, you're on your drive, you get this idea, awesome, I'm going to write a history of the oak tree in North America. You go and you start writing this, you're totally motivated and in the zone. Very often you might write 20 pages in a single setting and feel like, wow, this book is going to be done lickety split. And then you go back to it the next day and Maybe you write a a page or two, but you're not feeling it, but you're thinking, no problem. Tomorrow, I'll feel like I'm more into it. And then tomorrow, something happens and there's a car accident or you have to go to the hospital because a blood test came back weird. 
something happens and there's no way you could get to it and that's no problem. And then the next day you just don't happen to open it because you're still kind of beat from the day before. And then suddenly a week has gone by and you haven't opened the file, but it's, it's still sitting right on your desktop and you see it. And then somebody asks you, hey, what's going on with that book you started on the history of the oak tree in North America? And you're like, yeah, yeah, it's coming along. It's good. And then they ask again and you notice another two weeks has passed and you haven't gotten back to it. And then you file the manuscript because you don't want to see it haunting you there from, from, the, um, from, your, from your desktop. And so then it goes into uh, hiding. And I don't know how many of you have manuscripts in hiding, but this is a very common phenomenon. I talk to people with 5, 10, 20 manuscripts that they have started. They might be outlines. It might be a single page. It might be 20 pages or 30 pages. But these manuscripts are just hiding on their computers. And they think that someday they're going to get back to them and they get frustrated that they don't. I can totally tell you, like, time is never coming where your schedule is going to be clear to work on these manuscripts. And the way that that time shows up is not the way people think. So a lot of people think, well, I just have to be inspired or things have to calm down. There's When there's time, I'm going to pull out all these manuscripts and pick the best ones and work on them. This is not how people who finish books finish books, at least not most frequently. So the, the reason why you're not finishing your book, I know that you think the reason that you've started a book and haven't finished it. I know you think the reason is things got busy and you had double pneumonia and then you cracked a rib and you couldn't really sit at your computer. I got it. I've heard every, every possible story in the book at this point. I've heard them all. So I know that you think in your case it's different, and in your case it was purely logistics, and you are completely going to get back to it. Um, but I will tell you those logistics show up for a reason. So the double pneumonia, and I'm not, I'm not blaming the victim here, but whatever all the things are when your computer crashes, boyfriend threw your manuscript out and you had to recover it from cloud storage, like, I totally got it. I, I, I totally got it. They seem very real. It seems like what's happening. But that is actually a message from your inner author. So your inner author speaks to you in metaphor and coincidence and synchronicity and in many ways uh, t t tragedy and technical error. So if there's a manuscript that you haven't been writing, uh, you haven't gotten back to, and you have this story that it has to do with you know, time or logistics or technical tools or whatever, I just want you to know there is, okay, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, but there is a very high likelihood that that is your inner author trying to communicate you to you about your manuscript, about your idea, and about how you're planning or not planning to use your book in the future. So when you make this very classic mistake of starting by writing, what happens is your inner author finds a way to stop you. So I want to take you back um, to, to my early 20s. 
Um, but I want to take you back to the old way that publishing used to work and why this mistake is so prevalent right now. Um, in the olden days, access to printing and a publisher was much harder in some in many ways, in some ways, in many ways. And you had to go through a traditional publisher because we did not have the, the self-publishing tools. Um, there were vanity presses, but many of them were out of the, the price range, really, for most people doing a vanity book. And, um, and, and obviously, people didn't know about vanity presses to the extent that people today know about self-publishing because there's so much more of it. We are generating the number of books in a week that we used to generate 20 years ago in a year. So there's a lot more access to self-publishing and there are assumptions that, that authors make about how the publishing industry works based on their friends who wrote books on their own. Uh, and it's there's a, just a lot of misinformation out there. So I want to dispel some of this and I want to explain how and why it worked the way it used to. So in the olden days, 20 years ago, you would send a proposal uh, to an agent usually, and, and this still happens today. And a lot of people who haven't gone through this process sort of imagine all proposals being equal and that the acquisitions editor at the publishing company is deciding based on quality of the idea or quality of the writing. And while those issues come into play, the way that publishers have generally made decisions about books is really about the number of books that they are likely to sell. Now, why is this? You need to understand the traditional publishing business model. A traditional publishing business model is a casino. And at the casino, the publishing company places bets on different tables. Each of those tables is an author. And they say how much of their money they think they will get down, they will get back from each table. And um, their hope is that they will sell more books than uh, and make enough money from the book to pay back their expenses because they are fronting all the costs. So the only thing that matters to a traditional publisher is book sales. And they don't want to do anything to cannibalize book sales because that's the bet that they're placing. And they are buying your intellectual property and your name and your likeness and all those things in order to sell books that they will take 90% of the revenue of. So they'll give you a little cut. Um, they'll give you a little advance, uh, sometimes big advance, but in order to say thank you for using your intellectual property. But their revenue comes from selling books. So if you end up, let's say, one person buys your book and they happen to hire you for a million dollars as a consultant, um, and you make a million dollars off your book, the publishing company is not thrilled for you. They are very upset that they only sold one book and they have risked a lot of their money, time, resources, and assets to get your book out there. 
So the purpose of a book proposal is to make sure the publisher makes a good bet. Now you're thinking, well, I believe in my idea. I believe in my writing, so I'll just go write this book. But the piece that you're missing is what really is being considered in that proposal is how is this book going to sell? So the difference between a proposal that gets accepted and a proposal that gets rejected is not writing style. Yes, there is a minimum acceptable level of writing skill. But once you cross that minimum threshold, the publisher knows they, they can make the writing work. There are a couple things that are going to make the book sell. One, do you understand what the audience is thinking, what the audience needs? So are you writing um, the 101 self-care techniques? Or are you writing How to Recover from a Breakup? Because those are two very different books. One is likely to sell, one isn't. Now, of course, the other thing a traditional publisher is looking for is for your platform. So how many people are going to buy your book because they already know you, like you, and trust you? So we're not going to address that one here. But in terms of book topic, what acquisitions editors are looking at is who is searching already for this concept? What books are being sold? A lot of people call me and they're all excited because they have a book idea that no one has ever had before. That makes me very nervous. <laughs> uh, whenever somebody says no one's ever done this before, I'm like, mm, not sure if I can sell that one. It's usually a much harder book to sell. And then I encourage people to think about the biggest problem in their life or the biggest challenge or goal or passion in their life whether it's gardening or weight loss, whether it's uh, relationship struggles or cooking, I guarantee you that you have more than one book, maybe dozens of books on the topics that are most interesting to you. And so if there is a, a book that's never been written before, it probably means there are not buyers out there. Now, of course, I want your unique take or your unique spin on what that topic is. There's there's no doubt about that. But a weight loss book is going to be easier to sell than the book that's never been done before because there is an established market. So very often one of the one of the accompanying mistakes or the comorbidities I will call it of uh, of this mistake of starting by writing is that you're that you're trying to write something unique uh, in a way that's never been done before and you think you have this idea but you haven't started by thinking about how is this book going to get in readers hands so now that there is a less uh, well, let's say a weaker role uh, in in the book industry from acquisitions editors than there used to be. Now that we've lowered this barrier to entry, yes, you can get the, the technical aspects of getting a cover done or getting your book edited. Your editor, though, is going to edit your writing to be as clear as it can be. But the editor is not an acquisitions editor. You are probably not going to hire somebody who understands this. And if you're writing this yourself, you won't even understand it 
if you don't have the right support behind you, but your inner author will. This is the point I really want to make to you. Your inner author will shut down this project. Now, some of you have trained, your inner author is your intuition, right? Like this isn't a big surprise and it's not as fancy or woo-woo as it might sound, but your intuition knows how to say no. And it will shut down situations that you don't like. Now, some of you have learned how to override, uh, how to beat your intuition into submission. And so you can white knuckle it and get your book written and, you know, beat yourself into finishing the book. And that, that will work. So some people who start by writing finish out of sheer force of will, and then they have a book that doesn't sell. So that stinks. <laughs> You're really just wasting your time with your book. Um, but for most people, what happens is that they actually never finish their book because their inner author was kind enough to shut down the project. And how does your inner author shut down the project? Double pneumonia, your boyfriend throwing the manuscript out, um, you know, your house being blown away in a tornado. Your inner author will find a very creative way of shutting down the project if it needs to be shut down. And sometimes your inner author doesn't need creativity. You just, you know, get busy or feel busy or get distracted by another project or whatever. But I want you to know that's why. That's why you're not finishing is because you're not writing the right book and your intuition is taking care of you. So you can start by now by being grateful. Being grateful for all those projects that got shut down that you were doing the, the wrong way or a way that just wasn't going to be effective and it was going to be a waste of your time. And your intuition knew, you knew on some level, this is going to be a waste of my time. Now, it might have shown up for you in some sort of um, self-harming or self-deprecating fashion. Like you might have felt like, well, I'm not smart enough or good enough to write this book or I need more training or who's going to listen to me or who am I to write this book. It may have shown up in one of those ways. And I just want to release you now and encourage you to forgive yourself for that. You shouldn't be awesome at writing a book. I'm going to guess you haven't written that many. So I have been working on books since March 10th of 1994. Uh, that's more than 20 years. There are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of things that I have that I have learned in this process of um, helping to birth books, however you want to look at it over all these years, that you just shouldn't know. So of course you have this idea, well, if I want to write a book, I'll start by writing. And then of course your intuition shut you down. The whole story you have about it being about you not being good enough, that's just a story you can let go of right now. In fact, you are extra super duper good by not writing it because it means your intuition is excellent. Your intuition was able to identify this wasn't going to work this way. And now you just get to make a decision. Do I want to do this with help or do I want to find the right way to do it and learn more about what actually goes into creating books that make a difference? Or do I just want to drop this because it's not a new skill set I want to add? 
And either of those decisions are perfectly fine. But beating yourself up for not being good enough at something, it's like, um, let's say I, uh, let's say I've never, I've never been snowboarding. So let's say you took me to Park City, Utah, and we went to the best mountain for snowboarders and you took me to the top of the black diamond mountain and you gave me a a snowboard and goggles and gloves and you said you know snowboard down and I sucked at it (laughs) and I fell all the way down the hill would you think that was because I wasn't good enough like no that's a dumb way to start snowboarding and that's what you're doing when you start by writing you think that writing a book is some easy process that, you know, I've well, I've written emails and I've written papers for school, so I just should be able to start by writing. Well, a lot more goes into having a book that makes a difference. And so if you wouldn't expect to go to the top of a black diamond mountain alone with a snowboard for the first time and snowboard down perfectly, then you shouldn't expect to start your book by writing and finish with a perfect, successful book. That's a crazy expectation. And so get that pressure off yourself. Congratulate yourself for stopping. Because what I should really do at the top of that Black Diamond Mountain is not attempt to snowboard down, but instead call the ski patrol, right? <laughs> and get taken down on one of those little snow snowmobiles. Because that is just not going to be a great way to learn. So if you white knuckled it and you finished your book, that would be like the equivalent of snowboarding down on your ass. And that might make you not want to go back on the slopes again, right? And I would say the same thing, like go to ski school, go to snowboarding school. Don't put yourself in impossible situations and then be disappointed that you didn't, you know, succeed in them. And if you didn't finish, congratulate yourself for having an inner knowing that this wasn't the right way to do it. You called the ski patrol, you got down safely, and you now should be enjoying a cup of hot cocoa and not beating yourself up. The way to make sure you never make this mistake again is twofold. One, by all means, everything you do with your book Put your reader first. At the Author Incubator, we call this writing with a servant's heart. It is not writing from your ego. I'm so excited you have so much to share, but how can you share it in a way that will be most powerful for your readers? That's really the goal that I have for you. Now, the next thing I would encourage you to do is to find an expert, and this can be an author who has the exact same kind of book that you want to have, that has the exact same outcomes that you have, and figure out how they did it. And don't just listen to them, but find out who did they hire, who did they work with, or find a publisher. My publishing company is Difference Press. Find a publisher that is getting the results with the books that they publish that you want for your book. You are going to need to bring in reinforcements unless this is just an ego project, right? So if you want to have a pottery business and spend your life making money from pottery and 
to become the world's greatest potter, or one of the world's greatest potter, you are going to need to do very different things than if you want to go to the corner pottery store, make a mug that you drink your tea out of and, you know, have a little personal project. So you could just use self-publishing and, and these tools and write whatever book you want, write about your puppy in third grade and how is the best puppy ever. And if nobody reads it, you can still be perfectly happy because you can look at your book and hold your book and it's like holding your little teacup. That is a true vanity project. And there's nothing wrong with that. Do vanity project. Like, go make, a, go make a pottery cup. Like, that's all good. But don't think for a minute that that is going to change people's lives or make a difference in the world. That's just a vanity project. So if you are truly committed to helping people, you need to find tools and resources to help you understand how to write a book that helps people. You need to not just go to snowboarding school, but when you go up to that mountain, you need to take with you a snowboarding expert who's going to tell you how to handle the moguls and how to handle the icy patches and how to handle the fatigue in your feet and all those different things that are going to come up. You should not be an expert yet. It is your job to work with experts to get to the level that you need to. So if you started by writing, please forgive yourself, but also go back to your reader and go back to what the book is that is going to make a difference. That is a book that is found, right? And then read and the ideas are put into practice. And there is more that goes into that than just writing the ideas that came up on your jog or in your shower. So we will see you uh, back here at Page Up. Thanks for joining us, changing the world one book at a time. This has been another episode of Page Up, where we help nonfiction authors write a book that makes a difference. If you like the show today, be sure to tell a friend and leave us a review on iTunes. Check out our sister show, Book Journeys, also on iTunes. And don't forget to sign up for our mailing list at www.theauthorincubator.com, where you can learn more about how you can get your book written.